Today, it's our Notre Dame preview. Cal versus Notre Dame this weekend back in South Bend coming up right now. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to Bear Insider, Ultimate Insider Podcast. I am Mike Pulaski. Today, we are talking Cal versus Notre Dame. I wanted to give you a preview of the Golden Domers, see what you're going to see on Saturday, maybe a little prediction, projection about what's going on here. First of all, Notre Dame is coming in at 0-2, which for a storied program like Notre Dame is a tough place to be. There comes with the legacy of great football there, expectations for every team, year in, year out. It's part of why you get great recruiting, is because of that legacy, because of that tradition. But when you don't live up to that tradition as a player, there is a ton of pressure. And it's true that pressure creates diamond out of coal, but it's also true that pressure crushes granite. So depends on what the players at Notre Dame are made of, what the coach, Marcus Freeman, at Notre Dame is made of. He did set a new dubious record in that he is the first coach in Notre Dame history to go 0-3 in his first three games, including the bowl game from last year. So, they are up against it right now. There is a wall, and as much as you can say, you've got to play you know, calm, play for this down, play for this moment, that will creep into some of these players' game. You will see that. You will see the tightness. You will see them playing stiff because they are pressed. You, Depending on which way this team decides to go, you may see backfighting and guys getting on each other. And if they go that way, it's going to be a horrible season for Notre Dame. If they can pick it up, be accountable, take care of each other, and focus on single play at a time, that's a different animal. I've been on both those teams. The former team like that sucks. The latter team like that is way better. So that said... Notre Dame comes into this game with the diamond maker uh, being a tight butt, of course. Let's start on offense. First off, they just lost their quarterback, Tyler Buckner. He was the guy that they thought was going to make the position good for them. He could run, he could throw, he could do all of those things. That said, Buckner was 0 for 5 on shot plays at halftime versus Marshall. Now, Shot plays are not high percentage to begin with, but you'd like to be in that 40 to 50% because you're dialing them up when you see something that you can take advantage of as an offensive coordinator. And so when you do that, if you can hit half of them, that's what you're looking for. He was 0 for 5 at half, and I believe Notre Dame ended up like 1 for 10 or 1 for 11 on shot plays overall. So that is a dismal uh, percentage point for hitting shot plays coming in. That answers part of the question not hitting your shots. Marshall did a nice job of defending him up, of covering down. And at times, Notre Dame just missed passes. Buckner missed a couple of wide open guys. And then Notre Dame's receivers dropped a couple of passes as well. So it was, there was blame to be spread across the board from quarterback to receivers. Uh, even their star tight end got in the game. We'll talk about him in a little bit. So for this game, Drew Pine is coming in at that quarterback position, and he's I think he has a total of like 36 attempts uh, for his career at Notre Dame. He's a little bit small, 5'11", 190 pounds. So you know Doug Flutie was fantastic at 5'9". So I'm not going to knock him for his height. However, in this day and age, that is a little something to overcome. It's going to be a question of, 
Does the team rally around him? Do they not rally around him? There's some film on him out there, but there's not really enough film for me to give you an estimation of what he does. He spins it, throws a tight spiral, but he made some poor reads last game uh, and threw a pick six in that game as well. And that's another one of the things that offense for Notre Dame had a problem with was turnovers. Holy smokes. Three interceptions versus Marshall. Two of them were house calls. So two interceptions for touchdowns, that is a great way to lose a game. Uh, and so they are minus two on the year total for uh, the turnover takeaway ratio. Not good. That didn't work out very well. Uh, here's a weird thing for Notre Dame. No running back to speak of. I can't say, hey, this is the star back you got to watch. Yeah, they got guys. They averaged 3.5 yards per carry versus Marshall. And that is awful for a Notre Dame football team that runs some option, runs some RPO, uh, runs the power game, runs a lot of the zone scheme. They should be, they should be, it's Notre Dame, they should be running for more, uh, averaging more per carry. And they did not versus Marshall. So credit to Marshall. The big boys for Marshall, D-line and O-line, did a fantastic job in that game. You watch the game film and they are getting off the ball, keeping great pad level, keeping assignment sound. Uh, they were just very good in terms of what they were doing out there. So the big boys up front, for that uh, thundering herd, got to give him credit. Uh, that said, my buddy is the offensive coordinator back there, Clint Trickett. He did a hell of a job as well, calling plays. So uh, excellent job for them, calling plays, getting it done up front. The offense for Notre Dame, not, not opening holes, not moving the ball, not running the ball very effectively, which is really an odd thing for Notre Dame. At receiver, they've got a couple guys. Uh, Lorenzo Styles, number four. He is their go-to guy, their every-down receiver. He runs great routes. He's got great ball skills. He's got good speed. And so he's a guy that can beat you over the top. He will probably be the number one target for them. He's the number one pass catcher so far this season as a receiver. Um, their, their guy that they want to throw the shots to, though, is Braden Lenzi, L-E-N-Z-Y, number zero. Can't miss him. He can flat out fly. Uh, he gets behind people in a hurry. They missed him on a shot play right before half. Ball in his hands, or just out of his hands, because the quarterback missed him long. But they didn't have the communication, didn't have the chemistry there between the quarterback and receiver. And so, uh, but this guy can fly. you got to watch him because he will take the top off of coverage in a hurry. Number one pass catcher for them will be uh, Michael Meyer, or Mayer. I'm not sure. I've heard it pronounced both ways. Number 87. Last year, at the tight end, had seven recept or excuse me, seventy-one catches. Uh, really good football player. He reminds you if Mark Bavaro and Rob Gronkowski were to have a baby, it would be this guy. He's projected as a first-round overall pick. Uh, he can move. He can run. He is physical. He can catch. Great ball skills. So he is the whole package. He will be playing on Sundays, and so Bears obviously have to figure out how to match up with him. Luckily, they got a couple guys who are pretty athletic, pretty talented and they're stable to give them a look as well. But that's a matchup that they're going to have to worry about uh, in terms of pass catching. As I talked about before, shot plays for Notre Dame were not hitting them. They are out of sync on connecting with the ball downfield, with the big shots. Um, and so the Bears obviously hope that that continues in this week as well. Lastly, they have been abysmal, Notre Dame has, on third down conversions. They are 27% on third down conversions. To have a winning effort for a team, just a winning effort, you want to be in that 40 to 45% conversions on third downs. 27% does not get it done. Partner that with the fact that Cal was fantastic last week versus UNLV on conversion downs. They were, I think, two 
they only allowed two of 16 attempts, one and eight, 12.5% on conversion downs. And that is a great matchup for the Bears. So Notre Dame, bad converting third downs. Cal, really good at defending third and fourth down conversions. I think that is a strength for the Bears coming into this game. Obviously, Notre Dame will be working on it. Cal needs to continue that trend. Marshall did it with pressure. They came after Notre Dame, sending backers, uh, stunts, twists, all kinds of fun stuff up front on defense. That's how they shut it down. And I think we'll probably see the same thing out of Cal would be my expectation going into this game. See some secondary pressures. See Daniel Scott in the backfield again. And so I think... Uh, Notre Dame can expect more of that, especially with a young quarterback back there who did not look super comfortable, did not make a lot of reads. He's going to get all the snaps at the position this week, but we'll see how that works out for him. So now let's flip sides. Let's look at Notre Dame's defense and how Cal will fit up or match up against their defense. One of the things that Notre Dame did not do well on defense is they did not handle the RPO. The RPO is the run-pass option for a quarterback. The zone read scheme um, where a quarterback will stick the ball in, he will mesh and work down the line. This is Chip Kelly stuff, for those of you that remember him at Oregon. Mesh down the line, and if he sees, he will be keying one read defender. Defensive end, oftentimes, oftentimes in the RPO, the pass game, it's going to be a backer on the backside. So keying one of those guys and then throwing or taking the ball off of that and, and attacking the defense where they are weak because somebody is committed. And so you are putting stretch on a defender. It's what you call the conflict defender. You're putting them in conflict is in, do they tackle the run and chase it down? Or do they stay home and handle the boot out the back for the quarterback? Or, or does the linebacker come tackle the run? Or does he stay home and stay in pass coverage? And no matter what he does, if your quarterback is good at this game, that player, that conflict defender is wrong. Marshall did an excellent job of executing that, along with the fact you know that, that stretches defense, that their running backs were hitting it downhill full speed right now uh, and getting every yard in the play. So they did an excellent job of exploiting that RPO game. The other thing that Marshall did against Notre Dame is they took advantage of shot plays. They got a couple shots on the outside, matchups with wide receivers, and made some huge catches to move the, the, move the chains, move the ball. And so... Um, Hitting your shot plays. Cal has, I think, a great opportunity in matchups against Notre Dame. Notre Dame's safeties are pretty good. Their corners, I'm sure, are good because they were recruited to Notre Dame, but they didn't show up as great versus Marshall. One of the things that Notre Dame does is they play a ton of man coverage. And so in that man coverage, you need to be on it. You are on an island by yourself and so shots, I would expect some shots from Cal. I would expect them to hit a couple of those shots. They took a couple, uh, last couple of weeks, they've taken shots. Um, Jeremiah Hunter got one. We talked about it in the podcast earlier this week. If you haven't seen that podcast, link will be down below. You can go find that podcast too. Talked about the post game on UNLV. But with J. Michael Sturdivant, with uh, Maven Anderson, with Jeremiah Hunter, with those dudes that can flat out run, I would expect to see some shots against man coverage. That has to happen for the Bears today. So shots will be a big deal for them um, against that man coverage. Runaway routes are the other things. When they play what's called cover one, one of the old sayings in football is one away, meaning if they're playing cover one, runaway routes, getting guys to uh, sprint across the field, getting a little bit of leverage, and then 
pulling away from man coverage. The other thing that's key for Jack Plummer is he's going to have to throw the ball on time. And that means he's going to have to hit his steps, throw on timing, and timing beats coverage 99.9% of the time. If he can do that, then he will get some open guys, uh, has to be very accurate throwing on time, and his guys have to expect that football coming out of breaks. But if you can do that against man coverage, you're in good shape as a quarterback. Uh, defensive line for Notre Dame is a real strength. They have a defensive tackle by the name of Isaiah Foskey. He is a projected first-rounder, uh, top 20 first-rounder. He's physical. He's fast. He gets upfield. He's smart. He is disruptive. And so the Bears are going to have to find a way to stop him. Remember, the offensive line for Cal has not been a strength so far this season. And so that matchup is going to be absolutely key. If Whether you keep a back end to help chip with him, whether you slide to pick him up, uh, keep a tight end in to help and double him, there's several things you can do to try to help on that front because he's a guy that wins in one-on-one matchups, period. He's just that good. You don't, you're not projected as a first-round pick if you can't beat one-on-one matchups. And this guy's top 20 first-round pick. So uh, super talented up front, good football player. He is going to be a handful for that offensive line to handle. You have another guy who plays that nose position, a big one um, inside, number 57. I forget his name right now. But he is a really good football player too. Quick, athletic, strong, all those things you need. So two guys up front, oftentimes tough to pick up, tough to block. The Bears are going to have to really pick up the game on the offensive line. At safety, uh, Brendan Joseph, who, number 16, he's also a projected first-rounder. He was an All-American transfer from Northwestern down to uh, Notre Dame. Uh, Very good football player. He roams the field. He's smart back there. So he's the kind of guy you want in the back end. He's, uh, you know, equivalent to Cal's guys in Daniel Scott and Woodson. Athletic, big, strong, smart, kind of all those things you want in a safety. So very good football player back there as well. Finally, at linebacker, number 27, J.D. Bertrand. He is uh, he led the team in tackles last year, over 100 tackles. He's physical. He's fast. He moves around. Uh, he's a guy that you have to get a hat on in the run game. Uh, and so, you know, across the board, that's their defense. I think they're pretty solid inside. In their front seven, I think they're pretty solid. Safety's obviously very good. I think they're exposed at corners, especially when they play man. I think you can really expose them with some of their bunch package looks. Uh, Marshall took advantage of their bunch package a couple times. Uh, the way that Notre Dame stacks it, and so they took advantage of it with routes that are meant to beat, uh, kind of the in-out concepts that guys play on defense. And so I would expect to see Cal attack with some bunch. I would expect Cal to attack stretching horizontally, side to side. You get that man coverage. If you can get an edge blocked and you can you can get the edge for a running back, especially a guy like Jay Knott, can get the outside – now you're in business. And so I would expect some horizontal runs, maybe some fly sweep. Um, and then off of that fly sweep action, downhill uh, runs as well inside. Uh, some traps, perhaps some whams on Foskey. A wham being a guy that you come in and you pick up, you trap him uh, with a sniffer like a tight end, like a Kaleki Latu uh, or Jermaine Terry, that kind of thing. I would expect them to, to try to get some hits on Foskey where he doesn't, know where they're coming from, try to get him, slow him down with that. And so some whams on him, along with some chips from the back, uh, and try to help out Jack Plummer. I also expect him to move the pocket just a little bit. Versus man, you can half roll, you can play action, you can do things uh, that get you out on timing to throw balls on timing versus that man coverage. 
Uh, and you can also take some shots where you're changing the launch point for the quarterback. So anyway, that is my preview uh, of Notre Dame. That's what you're going to see on the field. I'd expect the Bears to try to take advantage of that man coverage. They need to protect up front. Need to protect up front. If they can do that, they give themselves a chance. I think Jack Plummer's playing pretty well. Uh, I talked to Coach earlier in the week about Notre Dame. He's got his preview as well. Let's listen to what Coach has to say about the Fighting Irish. You're going into Notre Dame this week. Give us a preview of Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, very talented team. I you know, their record is not indicative of the, the talent they have. Um, they're going to be hungry. Um, they're a prideful group. It's Notre Dame. So, you know, they, the tradition there speaks for itself. Uh, our guys are excited about the game. And I want them to appreciate going out there and the experience of pay, getting a chance to play at Notre Dame and um, acknowledge that. But, it, you know, when the, when the game starts, it's our 11 versus their 11. And we're not, you know, we're not necessarily concerned with who's played there in the past or the stadium. Uh, we'll have to deal with the crowd noise. Uh, but it's, you know, it comes down to execution and playing good football. That's what we need to do. And so I think our guys have a really good uh, – you know, mentality about things like that, never really getting too high or low based on the uh, opponent for the week. You know, we're in a race against ourselves to see how good we can be. And uh, we need to take the next step. And I know you guys are going back a day early, three time zones going back there. How much do you put into the biological clock issue? How much do you schedule for it? How much, you know, nutrition, all that stuff around traveling into three time zones? Yeah, nutrition, water, sleep, we can, we can control those. We can't control the time zones and we can't control the class schedules. I mean, those are what they are. So we don't, uh, it's not like we start practicing in the morning this week. That doesn't, they don't allow us to do that. So we're going to go Monday through Wednesday will be a schedule. Uh, that's the same as every other week. And then Thursday morning we'll practice here and then we'll head out on a flight to South Bend and do our, the rest of our Thursday and Friday out there and, We've done this uh, twice uh, since I've, three times, I guess now, two or three times since I've been here where we're traveling at least two time zones. And so there's no, you know, it's not going to be an excuse for us. We just uh, need to prepare and practice well and eat, sleep, drink water and get ready to play. And obviously this level, it, it's a game of matchups. Notre Dame talented across the board. They have the recruiting advantage of being national and being Notre Dame. Um do you see the matchups that you like? I'm not asking you to give specifics, but you see yeah. matchups you like, you see places where you can win, you see places that give you an advantage going in. Well, we're, you know, every, every week during game plan, we're trying to identify, all right, schematically, what are the things that we do well and, and how can we put our players against this opponent in a good spot, you know, and whether that's, you know, run game, pass game, formations, uh, defensively, it's fronts and it's what type of coverages are we going to use based on what kind of, run and pass game to they use on normal down and distance third downs and so um we are, are always doing that and the matchups you mentioned absolutely factor into that and uh sometimes you can dictate those matchups um based on what the other team is doing and sometimes they make it a little more difficult to dictate the matchups but we spend a lot of time on that and ultimately uh it's going to come down to we're going to need a, 11 out of 11 on every play you know that's the key and uh we certainly want to get our best players the ball in advantageous situations on offense. We want to get our defenders in good spots on defense and same thing on special teams, but it's going to come down to how will we play that, that given play. Yeah. I think there's one thing you don't have to worry about is get your team up for this game, right? You, you get up when you travel to Notre Dame. Yeah. And, and honestly, I, 
since I've been here, I've never really felt like the guys had a hard time being, you know, prepared to play. And, and, you know, not every game is the first game of the season and they don't always quite feel the same, but there's a level of maturity and pride and commitment that you're, you're just going to be ready to play regardless um, whether we're at home, whether we're away, whether it's, you know, it's raining or snowing or it's hot or hundred thousand or five people. Like there's just a mentality that it takes to be a really good football player and a really good team um, that you need. And so we stress those things off early and often. And uh, I think our guys have done a good job of that. Yeah. I think I told you the story. I, I had teammates that were like, Oh man, TV game today. I'm like, would you play different if it weren't on TV? Cause it's still a game of football, whether you feel good or not, you're going to play the game. So you might as well be up for it. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Well, appreciate you coming on coach. Uh, looking forward to the game this week and looking forward to watching the bears uh, back in South Bend. All right. Thanks Mike. Go bears. Three, two, So obviously a lot of respect there. This is a team that can recruit on an international level if they want to, but Notre Dame has the ability to get the guys they want every year, year in, year out. So they got some dudes on campus. It's just all about how you use them and do they play up to their potential. I also talked to Jack Plummer, who had an opportunity to play for Purdue in Notre Dame Stadium, so at South Bend. He knows what it's like. He's been there. He understands it, and he's got some insights uh, on the Fighting Irish. You've played there, right? You've been in this stadium before. How much does that help you going in, the familiarity? Like, the first time I went into USC, it's the loudest place in the world. They blare these speakers before the game. It's annoying. It's kind of like all a new experience. But having gone back to Notre Dame, obviously there's a ton of football tradition back there. How does that help you? You feel comfortable going back in back there with this team? Yeah, I feel comfortable. I think it was good for me to get the experience that I did last year playing there. And I know what to expect. Um, you know, I, I know what the environment's like. I know how loud it is. And, you know, I think it's an advantage, you know, for me and the team. And, you know, I can convey some of the things that I've learned from playing there to my teammates. And, you know, we're, we're all looking forward to it and it should be a good game. Let's talk schematics. Obviously, they have dudes. Notre Dame can, can recruit, you know, nationally. And so they've got some dudes out there. But let's talk schematics on what they do. As I watch film, I see a ton of man coverage out there you guys have the dudes at receiver to work man coverage yeah and so it, you know it's going to come down to who's going to win the one-on-one -on -one matchup and uh you know sometimes coaches talk about it, you know football is just a game of 11 one-on-one -on -one matchups and you, you want to play as a team but you know, at the end of the day someone's got to win and uh it's going to be exciting to see but yeah they play a, a lot of man coverage and you know they, they mix in a lot of different things off of that so uh you know we're gonna have a good test coming up as far as, you know, preparing for all the different looks they do, especially on third down. But, uh, yeah, like you said, a lot of man coverage, and, you know, it should be a good test for our guys. What do you guys have to do when you go back there to play? What is, a, what is the biggest key for you, having had the experience before? I say we just got to drown out all the noise. We got to drown out that, oh, yeah, we're playing Notre Dame. It's, you know, a big, big tradition there, a lot of tradition. They got great players. And we just got to kind of push that to the side. Hey, listen, let's just play how we know how we can play, how we've seen ourselves play all throughout camp. And, and then things will take care of themselves. And I, I think just relaying that to the guys where it's like, yeah, sure, sure we're playing in a great venue. It's awesome. But we got to put that to the side. You can't think about it. We just got to focus on playing football. I always like to ask for young quarterbacks that end up watching this stuff, 
you have what 23 games of college experience playing time now, right? 17 starts, 16 starts, I believe. If you could go back and talk to your younger self, your high school self, and give them a tip, what would it be? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I would say, you know, you're never as smart as you think you are. You know, you may think you know everything, and, um, you know, you sometimes you may think, well, what's coach doing here? Like, you know, just, just do what you're coached to do. And, you know, then you can go from there, and, you know, if things don't work out, then it's like, Hey, you know, I did exactly what I was supposed to do. I, I did the right assignment and, you know, things just didn't go our way, but I would say just, you know, be, be humble, humble yourself and just go to work every day, hard work and, and try to progress every single day. That is fantastic advice. I had a uh, teammate, good friend that I played with at the pro level. And I told him if coach tells you to do it, and it doesn't work, it's on coach. But if yeah. you decide to go out on your own and go cowboy and it doesn't work, that's on you. And then you become yeah. uncoachable if you do it enough times. So that is yeah. fantastic advice for young quarterbacks. Sometimes we don't see the whole picture as quarterbacks and the coaches have time to sit back and look at it. So I think that's great. I wish you good luck this week. I'm enjoying watching you play. I think you're playing at a pretty high level uh, based on circumstances. And I know that the ceiling is a whole lot higher too. So I'm looking forward to watching you grow. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. And he's got some insights on what it's like to play in South Bend. Here we go. Three, two, one. So that's a look. Notre Dame preview coming up this weekend. I'm looking forward to it. I think I still have the player mentality in me in that I'm going to enjoy going there. I'm going to take it all in, kind of enjoy the moment. But it's still work for me. I got to go call a game, and I'm looking forward to seeing the Bears play. I think the players have to take that same mentality in it. You are not playing the logo you are not playing the tradition you are not playing the school the stories you are not playing newt rockney you have to go into this game knowing that it's just another football game that field is exactly 100 yards long just like every other field that you played on and so go in there knowing that seeing the team that you see on film and playing that team keep that mentality bring the toughness there's going to be adversity don't let adversity get you down don't buckle just keep playing through it because there is a ton of pressure on Notre Dame right now. If a team can do that, that gives them the best chance. I look forward to the game this weekend. You guys can catch me on the call on the radio. You can sync it up uh, with your TV so you can hear me and the voice of the California Golden Bears, Joe Starkey, doing the games. I'll have Joe on later in the year as well. And the next time you hear from me, I will be coming to you from South Bend. For Bear Insider, Ultimate Insider Podcast, I am Mike Pulaski. Appreciate you watching. Go Bears.